thanks to Curtis, but uh, it was a great trip. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. I, um, you know, I love talking to each one of y'all individually, but when you're all together, it's a different thing. It's uh, a little nerve-wracking, actually, but I'm, though, I'm glad to be here. Um, I was uh, coerced into this, conned into this, by Pastor Hunter Upton. Hunter got me into a, uh, a quip class. He said, Marvin, I need you to teach an equip class if you don't mind, and it'll be easy because I'm going to pair you up with Spring Nunley, and she's gifted, and you won't have to do much. Not exactly the truth. Spring was gifted. She did a great job, but she only did four of them. I did the other four. So I'm right in the middle of this. I get this conversation. He says, Marvin, would you think, think you might want to speak to Sunrise? Uh, first, he said October the 26th, and that seems so far in the future. I, I said, well, and then he changed it to October 19th. And then I did the typical layman stall. I said, well, Hunter, let me pray about it, okay? <laughs> so that bought me a couple of weeks, actually. And, and I, I thought, yeah, he's forgotten it. I don't have to worry about that. And, but the thing that I wasn't expecting is God started talking to me. Here it is. <laughs> no. But God did. So he started talking to me. He says, Marvin, I need you to talk to these guys. I need you to tell them about what it is, a man and his mission, about what it's like when you're out at work and you're out somewhere. And God brings somebody in your pathway, what I call a divine appointment. And so finally, I, I said, well, Hunter, I guess uh, I've stalled long enough, and I prayed about it. So I, then I, I came up with the problem, what, what's going to be my technique? What's going to be my style? Who am I going to? I said, I'll, I know what I'll do. I'll do just like Jonathan does. I'm going to stand up here for 25 or 30 minutes without a note one. Yeah, I can do that. I can't do that. That's not going to happen. So I thought, well, I know I'll be a great teacher like Jeff Edwards. Jeff can just lay it out there, man. I mean, he comes in, he preaches the Bible, he's factual. But to teach, you have to know something. I, I can't do that. So that I thought, well, who? Then Nate Russell was in here a couple of weeks ago, and he was talking about praying and clarifying the Bible. And I said, man, I've been through some of that. I could, but I don't have Nate's sincerity. Man, he's got such a gift for that. I don't have that. And then I was thinking, well, y'all heard David Opel about three weeks ago, maybe four. He nailed it, man. I mean, what, what a gift. He just came across and he just touched our hearts. And I said, that's what I want to do. I want to do, I said, I don't even have a laptop. I can't do that. And then last week, we were blessed with uh, Sam Brightside, big Sam. If we ever play touch football, he's on my side. <laughs> Sam gets up here, and he starts articulating and talking about things, all this passion. I said, yeah, that's what I could do. And again, he's got electronics. I can barely make a phone call. So I don't know what I, I'm old school. Who's at the newspaper? Yeah, that's me. Then, happily... October the 8th, 
Pastor Hunter got up here and preached right up here. And he was preaching out of James. And he came to James 3. And he says, not many of you should become teachers, my <laughs> brothers. For you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. So I went to him after I said, thank you, Hunter. Thank you so much. And so thank y'all for coming. And uh, uh, the, then he got me out off to the side and said, Marvin, I know your heart. <laughs> Come here. I said, okay. Now, God's been editing this thing for two months. And I had a little bitty short thing I was going to do, and it kept getting longer and more diversified. And last night, he edited it again. Now, this is for you young guys. I'm going to come mentor you just a second. Listen, I've known my wife 50 years, 52 years, actually. We hadn't been married that long, but I've known her. You'd think after 50 years you'd learn something. Well, not so much. I did not tell her that I was going to speak here this morning because what I wanted to do was surprise her with a podcast, okay? So last night, several of my friends came up. We were eating here, and several of my friends, hey, I hear you're speaking in the morning. And after about the third one, I got that look. Have y'all ever seen that look? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? That look. Every wife has that look. It's a powerful tool. And my wife, right here in church, didn't say a word, just gave me that look. And then when everybody left the table, she says, oh, are you going to tell me about this? I said, well, honey, I was going to surprise you. So my mentoring to you guys is, what may seem like a good surprise and fun to you, it's not fun for her. <laughs> she don't want, if you leave her out of what's going on, God help you. <laughs> okay. So, that was a little editing that went on last night that I really wasn't prepared for. Now today, I'm really supposed to be talking to you about a man and his mission in the community and the world. And it's so strange, but God sets up these meetings continuously. Whether you're prepared to participate or even know what's happening, they're there for all of us. And it's not just out in the community. It might be at your workplace. It might be while you're shopping. It might be at a sporting event. It could be at a restaurant, band concerts. He'll make a divine appointment even here at church. Strangely enough, it happens even here. And what he does, he puts people in your pathway. And these people, they just might need to hear a kind word. They might just be angry, and they need you to just not be angry. They may be frustrated, frightened. Many are hurting. Sometimes they are happy, but just need a word of encouragement. God isn't expecting any of us to be Billy Graham, uh, especially me. But he is expecting this, I promise you. He's expecting you to be present, and what I mean by that is available. He is expecting you to be available 
when you put someone in your pathway. He is expecting you to be somewhat prepared. In other words, uh, you might want to have one of these, and you might want to have, you might want to know just a verse or two, but the main thing is you want to know salvation story. I don't have to tell you guys salvation stories. You know salvation stories. I don't have to build little bridges for Jesus to pop over. I don't need all that stuff. Y'all know salvation stories. But you've got to be prepared because it will come up. And then the next thing that you've got to do is you have to participate. Okay, you can be as prepared and know the Bible backwards and forward. If you don't participate, what have you done? Nothing. <clears throat> when you're out and about, listen to God's urging. If you're being available, and you'll, you, God will put it on your heart that this person just needs a word. Or this person just needs a smile, maybe just something simple. So be aware of that. Listen to his urging. Uh, sometimes you just sense something is wrong. And a lot of times, like they do me at Kroger, they'll pop right up in your face mad. And you, the main thing is don't get mad with them. <laughs> be, be ready because it's going to happen. Divine appointments are happening right now. Do you think any of y'all think you were here by accident this morning? You don't get here at 5.30 and 6 o'clock in the morning by accident. God wanted you here. So be ready. Be prayerful. And most importantly, I think, be gentle and kind when you run into one of those divine appointments. Now, as many of y'all know, I've worked for Kroger for about 10 years now. And in that time, they've kind of gotten used to me singing hymns or witnessing to somebody or keeping somebody a little extra time. Boy, that's a lot of customer service over old Marvin when I'm actually talking to him about what's going on with them. And it's kind of funny. Sometimes early in the morning, myself and a couple of others will sing some kind of a song. And it just gets us fired up and it feels good. And, and you, you never know who's going to hear it. And one morning the store was recently was almost empty and me and another guy who uh, uh, he, we do a little song where I say something, then he says something. And it's kind of a response song. And it gets, it's amazing how it sounds. And we're going to do that. Well, here's what I need y'all to do. Now, if you can't sing, Jeff, you can clap your hip. You see? All right, now I'm going to say a line, and then y'all are going to say, John the Revelator. All right, John wrote the book of Revelation, so he's the Revelator. Okay? Come on now. I don't know if the podcast can pick that up or not. But. So I'm going to say this. Who's that writing? John the Revelator. Tell me who's that writing? John the Revelator. Tell me who's that writing? John the Wrote the book of the seven seals. Tell me who's that writing? Tell me who's that writing? Tell me who's that writing? He wrote the book of the seven seas. 
Now God walked down in the cool of the day. He called Adam by his name, but he refused to answer because he was naked and ashamed. Now tell me who's that writing? Tell me who's that writing? Tell me who's that writing? He wrote the book of the seven seals. Now Christ had 12 apostles. He led three away. He said, wait right here one hour while I go yon and pray. Now tell me who's that writing? Tell me who's that writing? Uh, tell me who's that writing? He wrote the book of the seven seals. Now Christ came on Easter morning. Mary and Martha went to see. He said, tell all my disciples to meet me in Galilee. Now tell me who's that writing? Tell me who's that writing? Oh, tell me who's that writing? He wrote the book of the seven seals. I really had a little more time carved out for applause, but okay. Anyway. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Who's that? Okay. Now, after we did that this morning, you know, because we're all pumped up. I'm slinging bananas. Hallelujah. Praise God. Everything's good. The first lady, lady boy, she's just overwhelmed by our enthusiasm. About three hours later, the store manager, big, heavy black guy, comes over. He says, Marvin, I need to talk to you a minute. I went, uh-oh. I must have gone a little too far this time. So he, he gets me off to the side, and he says, Marvin, I need to ask you something. So what's that? Is, is that song y'all were singing this morning, was that about revelations? I said, well, kind of, but it's really about the whole Bible. He said, well, you know, I tried to read revelations. I just can't understand it. I said, well, I think most of us are in that same, same pathway. We've all tried to read it, and it is difficult. But John wrote that book, and he also wrote the Gospel of John. So you start there. Read with that one and take a few notes. And by the way, if you'll Google Son, S-O-N, House, he's a blues man that did that song, you'll hear a good version of it. Yeah. And he laughed and went on about his business. So I went, whew, I made that one. I thought I'd stepped on my toe, but anyway, he just laughed. Now, I want to talk to you just a second about being prepared. And we're going to have to rush because I'm running out of time because I yak too much. But anyway, this is, this is what you need right here to be prepared. That's all you need. You just need the Word of God. And for you people at home, I just lifted the Bible up. Uh, go, go get your Bible. Now, in this Bible, there's a, uh, I, I, there's a chapter I love. I love uh, Proverbs chapter 3. And I love it so much because it begins, my son, and I, I said, I did a little research on that. And of course, uh, King Solomon wrote Proverbs. It's pretty well, most Bible scholars will agree with that. 
Now, Solomon, he was the son of King David. Everybody knows King David. I mean, he's the little shepherd boy with the slingshot and killed Goliath, became king, did a wonderful, he was the eye of God's, apple of God's eye. Um, but he died when uh, Solomon was probably 20, 22 years old, depending on who you listen to. And he wrote this, he, let me back up, he prayed for God to give him wisdom and discernment. And this is over in 1 Kings 3, 7. Now, O Lord, my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father, David, but I am only a little child. And do not know how to carry out my duties. And what's important about this, if hopefully you'll read it over later, uh, is he asks for discernment and wisdom. He doesn't ask to get his enemies destroyed. He doesn't ask for great riches. He doesn't ask for anything personal. Other, than he wants to be able to reign over God's people in a healthy way. So God is moved by that prayer. And God grants him what he asked for, wisdom, discretion. The wisest man probably that ever lived. And then he says, because you didn't ask for things for yourself, I'm going to give them to you. And so he gave him riches. And nobody was ever any richer than he was or smarter and all that. But he went, his first test out of the shoot when he's just taken over king now, this is, this is uh, two prostitutes came to the king and stood before him. One of them said, my Lord, this woman and I live in the same house. And I had a baby while she was there. And the third day after my child was born, this woman also had a baby. We were alone and there was no one in the house but the two of us. Now, what happened was one of the ladies rolled over on her baby and killed it. And she got her dead baby and put it over there to the other woman took her live baby and put it back over here. And now they're in front of King Solomon trying to figure out who's going to get this child. So Solomon thinks for a minute, all this wisdom God's just given him. He tells one of his people, go get me a sword. So they go and get a sword. And he gets that sword and he says, okay, now cut the baby in half and give each one a half. And the mother, the real mother, says, please, Lord, don't do this, don't do this. So he knew right away who the real mother was. Now, given that wisdom and given the things that Hunter and others have taught us, Nate, Jonathan, is the Bible is the inspired, infallible, authoritative word of God. Okay? Now, if that's true, I believe it. If that's true, then... When it says in Proverbs 3, my son, it's not Solomon talking to his son, Ray, Ray of Boam. I called him Ray. Uh, anyway, we're pretty close. Anyway, uh, it's, not, it's not him talking to Ray. It is God talking to us some 2,000 years later because he knew when this was being written that we're going to need it. Isn't that right? Thank you, Roy. And so... Here it comes, and he, and he opens up. The thing I love about Proverbs is you get God's broken it down. Like, if you'll do this, I'll do that. Even I can understand it, you yeah. know. It's easy. 
if you'll do this, Marvin, I'll do this. It's a beautiful thing. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. King James, I'm an old guy, okay? All right, my son, that's me. We're, ch we're children of God. Let me see where I wrote. I wrote a little note about that. Getting ahead of myself. Uh, ba, 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 ba. My son, let's see, it says, first thing we're talking about in 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17, all scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So we believe with all our heart that's God speaking to us. Now, like in Proverbs 3, my son, that means we're a child of God. And uh, what a blessing it is to think in terms that we are a child of God. Now, when he says, my son, forget not my law. What's a law? The law is typically given to the first five books of the Bible, which is the Torah, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. That's all the Torah. And that's, you know, in olden times, all Jewish people used to memorize that. Can you imagine? It's all I can do to memorize two or three little bits and pieces, much less five books of the Bible. Now, rabbis still do that to this day. And God says, forget not my law. What he's saying is, be familiar with it. Be familiar with my law. And then he says, Forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. That's when I think he's saying, y'all need to memorize this because I need it to be important to you. Now, because of time constraints, I'm going to skip just a little bit. But Proverbs 3, guys, it's a valuable, valuable book. And when you get down to the part, I love this one verse in here. I'm going to get to it. Well, I, just, I got it memorized, I think. Withhold not good from them to whom it is due, what is in the power of thine hand to do it. Say not to your neighbor, come again tomorrow, and I will give it when you've got it by you. All right, that's God talking. All right, now, when he said, my son, with... Um, he wanted you to remember his law and what he was going to give you is long life, length of days, and peace. Ford Graham must know the law. He's still working on the peace part, but he's got everything else. God love him. But guys, if you get a chance, please go through Proverbs slowly and carefully and read the instruction and the reward. And then it, toward the end of it, there's a few warnings as well. But I've got something that I'd like to end up with. Years ago, Marty Bob was teaching a Sunday school class here. And it's about manhood. And that's what really all this is here is about. We're trying to be men of God and we're going to carry it outside of these walls. So Marty told me a long time ago, it was brought up to me again this morning by Mark.
reject passivity. Accept responsibility. Lead courageously and invest eternally. If you do those things, you got it. You got it. I want to thank y'all for letting me speak to you this morning. It's been a real, I'd like to say it's been a pleasure. It's been a nerve-wracking experience. (laughs) And uh, I just wanted to say that I am grateful for each and every one of you. Each and every one of you guys have had some influence on my life. And I'm so grateful for that. So we thank you. I thank you for your time. Thank you.